Luke chapter 9, and we're going to start at verse 51, which is right in the bottom corner of page 1045. Page 1045, if you've got one of these black Bibles, so I'll give you a moment to find that. Okay, so it's Luke chapter 9, starting at verse 51. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set towards Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. And they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plough and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Thanks, Jono. I'm on. That's great. Hey, everyone. Uh, my name's Jasper. Uh, it's a joy uh, to be able to open up uh, Psalm 21 with you this morning. That's the psalm we read uh, right at the start. Uh, and we're going to consider our great God uh, this morning. So why don't I pray for us as we begin? Father God, please help me this morning. Uh, I pray you'd help me to preach faithfully. And I ask that you'd help us to be encouraged and filled with hope this morning. Amen. Have you ever been on a journey, uh, and how did you make it to the end? Can I tell you about a story? Of a journey a few years ago, uh, and I had a good traveling companion, and that's how I made it to the end. I was traveling. Myanmar, it's a small country between China and India, uh, and the situation was we had to get a night bus from the north of the country down to the capital, Yangon, uh, to get a flight home. Now, we got our times a bit mixed up, we were a bit too relaxed as just young guys travelling, uh, and so uh, the night bus arrived in the city an hour before the flight took off. Okay, that's not what you want to be doing. So we're a little bit stressed. We went to the driver, said, hey, sort of, you know, broken Burmese, broken English. Um, you know, is it exactly an 11-hour bus? And he said, oh, depending on the traffic, you know, two hours here or there, you know. <sighs> okay. Um, so we were quite stressed. We stopped for dinner on the road. Uh, and as we're at this remote uh, foreign restaurant, I remember opening up the menu and just having a look and I was thinking, do I want the safe kind of chicken and rice dish or, you know, it's last night in this 
this country? Do I want the noodles kind of more exotic option? Um, my friend with me took the safe option, boring, took the noodles, uh, and about half an hour later, back on the bus, and I was presenting the contents of my stomach to everyone. You only get to see what I've been eating the past few days. Um, an 11-hour trip, and we just made it. We rushed to the airport, just got through customs. Uh, and I don't know if you... When, when you vomit, if you just know the comfort of having someone beside you, you really just need someone there, just patting you on the back, you know, it's going to be all right, we're going to make it, we're going to get on the plane. Sometimes you need someone with you on the journey to help you make it. The title of our psalm this morning tells us it's a song of ascent. What does that mean? Uh, this is one of the psalms that God's people sung as they came from all around the country uh, to Jerusalem to worship God in the temple and to feast together. Uh, This was a vital journey for the Israelites. Uh, Coming to Jerusalem after the exile, it was like their church. It was like the oxygen for their relationship with God. And so it was critical that they made this journey each year to Jerusalem. Uh, I want you to imagine we'll live around here in Dubbo. Uh, It takes about five hours to drive to Dubbo, about four days to walk there. Uh, The Song of Ascents would be like the road trip playlist uh, on the way to Dubbo. It's songs for the journey to worship God. And so these songs lift the eyes of God's people uh, to the God who they're worshipping. This psalm is a song for the journey. It gives hope for the journey. Uh, And today we're going to look at three journeys and then three reasons for hope. Three journeys and three reasons for hope. We'll start uh, with the psalmist's journey to Jerusalem. Now we'll look at another journey to Jerusalem and then we'll think about our own journey. Uh, So what was it like on the journey to Jerusalem? There was no stops at Macca's. Uh, No air conditioning, no cruise control. Uh, The journey to Jerusalem was hard and dangerous, uh, but full of hope. Have your Bibles open to Psalm 121. Uh, We're going to work through that one. And let's have a look at the psalmist's journey to Jerusalem. Uh, Verse 1, I lift my eyes to the hills. Hills. Mountains. Uh, This is what the psalmist sees as they're on their way in to Jerusalem. We don't think much of uh, mountains these days. Uh, We could drive through the Great Dividing Range in our land cruises uh, as easily as we could drive over flat ground. Uh, But in ancient Israel, on foot, uh, these mountains are a huge obstacle to reaching your destination. So great is the obstacle these mountains provide uh, that the psalmist begins to wonder what hope they have to reach Jerusalem. There's no hope without help. Uh, See the second half of verse 1. From where does my help come? And verse 2 gives the answer. My help comes from the one who made heaven and earth. What a help that is. The one who made the mountains is the one who helps you climb them. What else makes this a hard and dangerous journey to Jerusalem? Uh, Look at verse 5 and 6. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. Uh, 
There was no aircon on the way to Jerusalem. Uh, the midday sun was a real problem. Uh, dehydration, exhaustion, genuine obstacles to reaching your destination. And not only was the heat of the day a problem, uh, but the darkness of night left travellers exposed to danger in the form of wild animals and evil people. Uh, the sun and the moon kind of give us a poetic picture. Uh, the danger is at all times. It's not safe at day or night, which is why the psalmist finds protection in the Lord who's able to shade them uh, from the sun and the moon. In other words, at all times on his journey, the psalmist is under the protection of the Lord. But worse than mountains, heat and darkness, this journey is hard and dangerous because of evil. Look at verse 7. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He'll keep your life. Uh, in Psalm 120, uh, which is the first song of ascent, uh, and it's probably connected to Psalm 121 and 122. Uh, in 120, the psalmist is dealing with the evil of those who lie and the evil of war. So the journey to Jerusalem to worship God, uh, evil threatens the life of God's people on the way. It's a hard and dangerous journey. But what I found surprising in verse 7 is not the promise of evil. Now, that seems pretty standard. It's the confidence that God will keep or watch over or protect the psalmist from evil. Verse 7, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. That's a whopping confidence in God's protection, isn't it? The Lord will keep you from all evil? How can the psalmist sing this with confidence? Uh, can we say this with any confidence, given that we know the same God uh, that the psalmist knew? Will God protect us on our journey through this life? 2014, uh, a terrorist group in Nigeria called Boko Haram kidnapped 276 schoolgirls, mostly Christians. Uh, they were at a school to take uh, a physics exam. The girls were abducted into the jungle, taken as slaves, treated with unspeakable violence and dishonour. In what sense was God their keeper? keeping them from evil. And what about when we face suffering and evil? Is God still our protector? Can we even sing this psalm in good conscience? Well, uh, before we unpack what it means for us, uh, it will help us to look at another journey into Jerusalem, uh, recorded for us in the Bible. And that, that is Jesus' journey uh, into Jerusalem, to be betrayed into the hands of men, killed on the cross, and raised to heaven in glory. Uh, we're at journey two, Jesus to Jerusalem. And just like the psalmist, uh, Jesus would have seen the mountains on the way in. He would have felt the full heat of day, uh, the fear of danger at night. He met both human and demonic evil on the way to Jerusalem. 
It'd be good to have your Bibles open to our New Testament reading, uh, Luke 9, and verse 51. In verse 51, uh, Jesus sets his face towards Jerusalem. Uh, This is a turning point, not just in Luke's gospel, but in Jesus' life. Uh, He, like the psalmist, uh, is determining to set out for Jerusalem. So uh, what will Jesus' journey uh, be like? Well, Luke gives us three would-be fellow travellers. These guys are kind of like contestants on So You Think You Can Disciple. Um, They're sort of like auditions, right? They kind of give you a taste... Uh, Their their failure kind of gives you a taste uh, of just how hard it is to make this journey with Jesus. Uh, In 58, Jesus tells the first would-be disciple, contestant number one, uh, that the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. There'll be no five-star hotels. (laughs) Times there won't even be a bed. This is not a place of physical safety or security uh, on this journey. Home is not even a concept Jesus and his followers have the luxury of knowing here. Uh, followers in verse 59 to 62 are pretty soft. Uh, one wants to bury his dead father. The other wants to say goodbye to their family. I mean, come on, toughen up, right? Uh, Imagine uh, you're heading off for a long journey, trailing a controversial preacher on the road to his death. You wouldn't want to say goodbye to your family? I think that's pretty reasonable. Uh, But Jesus, he's not being harsh or cruel here. He's showing us uh, the danger and urgency of his journey. And in the strongest possible terms, just how necessary it is. Jesus' journey is not for the faint of heart. Uh, you know, on Facebook, there's an event you can say, I'm going, I'm interested, I'm not going. You, you can't say, I'm interested on Jesus' journey, right? Uh, you're in it to the death or not at all. And even Jesus' closest friends are not able to reach the end with him. I hope we don't make the same mistake. Not that we can't. Uh, bury our parents or say goodbye to our family, but um, in thinking that to journey with Jesus is compatible with a life of ease. Have you ever thought that? It isn't. To journey with Jesus is to suffer with him. Uh, But here's the question for us. Here's the question I want us to think about this morning. In what sense can Jesus sing Psalm 121 on his way to Jerusalem? Can he claim the protection of the psalmist as he goes to his death? The Lord will keep me from all evil. I want to point out two features of Jesus' journey to show its relationship to our psalm this morning. One, I want to say Jesus has access to God's protection, but he doesn't use it. And two, I want to say Jesus knows he will reach his glorious destination. So let me read Luke 9, 53 to 55. But the people did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? 
but he turned and rebuked them. Have you ever thought about why Jesus declined this request to kind of smite these people? Is it because uh, it's not within Jesus' authority to do? Is it because rejecting Jesus isn't that big a deal? No, I think it's because uh, even though Jesus has more right to God's protection than the psalmist, he doesn't use God's protection. His face is set towards Jerusalem. He's going there to die. And so he chooses uh, to suffer at the hands of people he could destroy in an instant. Jesus, with full access to God's protection, chooses not to exercise it, but instead to suffer and die so that we can be protected by him. Jesus gives up his safety so that we can be safe. His death protects us from ultimate death by redeeming us from our sin and giving us eternal life. What good news that is. So Jesus foregoes God's protection on the way to Jerusalem. But also, Jesus knows he will reach his glorious destination. I think this is key to understanding uh, the three journeys this morning. Uh, Let me read Hebrews 12, uh, starting halfway through verse 1 for us. It says, Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Even though uh, Jesus completely forgoes God's protection, he is confident of his ultimate glorious destination. It is sure, there's no doubt, he will be raised at the right hand of God's throne. Jesus foregoes God's protection to suffer and die because he knows that ultimately his suffering along the way is part of a more complete journey to be raised to glory, Lord of heaven and earth. That's the confidence Jesus has on each step of his journey to Jerusalem. But what about our journey? Unlike Jesus, unlike the psalmist, uh, we're not journeying to a physical Jerusalem. Our final destination is the heavenly Jerusalem. The city where God will dwell with his people, having dealt with their sin. Uh, The journey there is not supposed to be easy. I hope you realize that looking at Jesus' journey. Uh, To journey with Jesus is to suffer with him. So uh, let's flick back to our psalm, and how does it help us as we make our way through this life towards the heavenly city? Uh, Yeah, turn back to Psalm 121. I I think there's three real concrete hopes for us in this psalm, hopes that will help us on our journey. The first hope that the psalmist turns to is that the God who helps him is the God who made heaven and earth. Look at verse 2. My help comes from the Lord, 
who made heaven and earth. Uh, What comfort is it to know that our help is the Lord who created everything? I think the key to it is that it means that God understands. He understands every moment of our life in this world because he made this world and he made us. Uh, What's the best way to comfort someone who's upset? I'll give you three options. A, uh, try and tell them what to do. This is, this is husbanding 101, right? B, uh, solve the problem for them. Go with that one. Or um, C, listen to them. I, I hope we all know, right? You listen to someone who's upset. But why? Why does that help? Uh, well, it's to know that someone understands that gives you uh, company in your pain. Right? That person, they get it. Uh, they're here with me in this thing I'm facing. Uh, God did not uh, wind up his creation like a watch and just kind of leave it to play itself out. No, he made heaven and earth. And so he is intimately involved in our lives in this world. Are you going through sickness? The maker of your body understands. Are you facing relational pain? The maker of relationships understands. Are you in deep sorrow? The maker of emotions understands. Does your work feel futile? The maker of work understands. Uh, The Psalms give us license to say so many things to God in our pain. We can say, how long will you hide your face from me? Why have you forsaken me? Will you reject me forever? One thing the Psalms never license us to say is, God, you don't understand what I'm facing right now. Our help is the maker of heaven and earth. He always understands. Uh, The second hope this Psalm gives us on our journey home uh, is that God never sleeps. Let's read uh, three to four. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Uh, This year I started a new job. Uh, Most of us will have begun a new job at some point or another, I'm sure. Uh, One thing I think we all experience when you start a new job is the feeling that you're constantly bothering other people uh, with your requests and questions. (laughs) Um, Can I do this? Is that all right? Uh, who was doing that before? Can I, is that my responsibility? How do I do that? How does this program work? Um, I think it can feel the same with God sometimes, kind of. He's Lord of everything, maker of heaven and earth. Uh, surely he's too busy, too big uh, to think about my little problems on my journey. The hope for our journey to the heavenly Jerusalem is that God never sleeps. He is always attentive to the prayers of his people. There's not a moment of your life that he missed. And did you notice how verse 4 expands the idea in verse 3? God doesn't just protect the individual psalmist uh, at all times. No, he he keeps and protects all of Israel also. Uh, God can care for the individual 
and the whole of God's people at the same time. I wonder this week, uh, when you're tempted to think that God is not listening or doesn't care, uh, remember this. God never sleeps. He's always looking over his people. Uh, The final hope for our journey is in verse 7 to 8. It says, The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Uh, Back to our question from earlier. What kind of protection is this? Can we sing this psalm? I think a helpful way to view this protection is like the protection of a vaccine against a virus. In what sense does a vaccine protect you against a virus? Uh, It doesn't stop you from encountering a virus. It doesn't stop you from contracting a virus. No, what it prevents is the effect of the virus being fatal. Uh, It's not that we will never experience evil or harm. Uh, I don't think even the psalmist can say that. It's that this harm or evil cannot prevent us from reaching our heavenly destination. We, like Jesus, can have the pilgrim's confidence. Each step of our journey towards heaven, uh, we can have the confidence that, come what may, God will help us to reach our heavenly home. And we can be confident because someone who's already made the journey watches over us. Jesus is with us as we walk the long and tough road to glory. That's why Hebrews tells us to look to Jesus. He's already done it. Just as the psalmist is confident of reaching Jerusalem to worship God with his people, so the Christian can be confident that Jesus watches over us so that we will reach our destination. What a better hope this is than what the world offers. It is the pilgrim's confidence, not that the journey will be easy, but that you will reach heavenly glory, come what may. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast.